You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You know, at the end of the day, football is football. All Patriots, all, all the time. Ooh, that's spicy. All Patriots, all, all the time. Welcome to, 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 to First and Foxborough. What's going on, everybody? New First and Foxborough. I mean, I feel like I say this literally every day because this is a daily podcast so of course it's a new first in fox pro every time you hear my voice anyway let's get right to this one okay we got we've had a busy week down here at gillette stadium all kinds of things going on with the patriots is mac jones playing or not playing what's up with zappy fever do you have it do you not and just generally what's the outlook for this football team going forward after a nice win against Detroit, a shutout win, but they're still 2-3, and and they've got a long way to go to get themselves and keep themselves in this playoff picture. I asked a former New England Patriot and current colleague of mine, Christian Fourier, former tight end, Super Bowl champion with the New England Patriots, about some of these very questions. In particular, I mean... He's a guy who has played with Tom Brady, the greatest quarterback of all time, in the early stages of his career. And so I thought it was interesting to get his take on that, given that we have been talking nonstop, back and forth, about two young quarterbacks on the New England Patriots. One of them had one of the best rookie seasons we've seen, especially in a long time, and perhaps, I mean, in NFL history, even generally, in Mac Jones, and a rookie who's coming in and doing this all for the first time in Bailey Zappi. And I feel like some of our perceptions about what rookie quarterbacks can and should be has been skewed a little bit by some of these just immediate sensations, right? The the Patrick Mahomeses, the the Justin Herberts, the Lamar Jacksons, who just burst onto the scene and are amazing right away, when the reality of the situation is that for a lot of rookie quarterbacks, it takes time to really figure out what you are in the NFL, even when you have success at first. It doesn't happen overnight, and it takes a couple of years before you really get an idea of what you can and can't do at the NFL level. There's a lot of learning, and Tom Brady was one of those quarterbacks who had to do some learning, and we talked to a guy who knows a little bit about what that process was like because Christian was there, 
during that second season of Tom Brady starting. It was his third season in the league, but his first his first season obviously was the Super Bowl season. Then 2002 was when Fourier came in, played for the Patriots for four years. And so he got a chance to see some of the maturation of early Tom Brady. So I definitely had to ask him about that. But obviously, we can't just have the offense and in the quarterback position in particular having all the fun. So we had to spread it out a little bit. Here's my chat with Christian Fourier, former Patriots tight end and host of the Merloni Fourier Mego Show at WEEI. Check it out. First of all, I got to put my scientist hat on right here. Have you experienced any symptoms of zappy fever, or has anybody hit you with the has anybody hit you with the appropriate uh, you know Mac Ten booster or anything like that? How, how are you doing, man? How are you feeling? Yeah, so 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 it's the Mac Ten booster, or it's zappy fever, or or if I have zappy fever, I need the Mac Ten booster. I like that. No, no, I have. I feel like um, I feel like I I built up an immunity to both. So I'm not really affected either way, right? That's why I feel like the, that's why I feel like it's I'm, I'm clean, so I can give you a true opinion without any outside forces. Zappy no, did what he was. Zappy did what he was supposed to do. That was it. He's got a cool last name. He's got a funny last name. So not everybody gets a Zappy ending, right? But he did. Yeah. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So, I mean, when you say that, right, I mean, Mac Jones obviously was playing a little bit differently. He's airing it out down the field more, uh, more turnovers, and Zappy comes in by, uh, you know, by comparison. He, do, he does have the, the one fumble loss and the one interception, but the interception wasn't his fault. And everybody sees the pretty clean football game, and obviously they, they shut out the Lions. But I'm also kind of looking at it like, yeah, it's great but they scored one touchdown against a bad Lions defense and got a bunch of field goal drives. Like, are we saying Mac Jones couldn't have done better than that? Um, I don't know. If, to be honest with you, they, they, they were having all these issues before he got hurt. So I don't know if they would have magically been fixed if he never would have gotten hurt. I mean, this issue – and now, that, now the issues have only been delayed because he hasn't been able to, you know, work them out in real time as a quarterback in practice during a game, none of that's happened in the last two weeks since they lost to Baltimore in that last play of that game. So um, I think when I look at it, it's easy to get caught up in the hype and, uh, and the results, but it, there is something to like, you know, being like a, a victim of the moment. And, and that's what I think a lot of people are. It's as if Mac suddenly sucks. And Zappy is like, you know, Trevor Lawrence. It's amazing. Yeah. yeah, I know. And so you arrived after Tom Brady had taken over after they won the Super Bowl and everything in, in New England. And I bring that up because I feel like you'd have a really interesting perspective on what it looks like for a quarterback who's had success, but is still trying to figure out what he is in the NFL just because he doesn't have a ton of experience just yet playing at that level. So if you could look back, like what did you see from, from Tom that year in terms of process and, and how he was figuring himself out, and how does that compare to what you've seen from Mac Jones? Like, do we need to worry about where Mac is right now? I will say this. Um, he was always really, really good at identifying the front, the strength, who the mic was, where, where the blisters were coming from. He was really good at that. Like by the time I by the time I was working with him, 
and it was great because I played with so many other guys who didn't weren't really sure or they called out the wrong guy, didn't call the strength right, the front was all messed up, you know, or in some cases you just need to adjust and improvise and throw hot because there's, there, you just don't have enough guys to pick them up. Um, I see the same thing with, with, um, with Mac. I mean, you know, but I saw the same thing with Matt Castle. So all of them mm-hmm. are really good at just identifying what, what's going on, where the trouble areas are. Um, but Mac, you know, people talk about Mac, and, and you can see it, right? I can see it in real time when he's calling out strength, calling out the mic. He's adjusting the front. So he's good at it. I mean, is he great at it? I don't think I've seen enough football from him to, to determine if he's great at it yet. But he definitely is, is, knows what's going on. And make sure everybody knows what they're doing. Yeah, and I feel like that's a big thing for young quarterbacks, especially, right? Like we we get really caught up in in the physical things. How far can you throw the ball? What NFL throws can you or can you not make? And and things like that. But but it feels like with young quarterbacks, it's it's very important to just how do you see the game and how do you get your team in the best position to succeed? And I feel like those strengths are getting lost when you talk about Mac Jones because people want to just talk about well, what, what he physically can and can't do. You know what I mean? Yeah, and I don't – he can do everything. I mean, I guess I'm not going to compare him to Lamar Jackson or Kyler Murray or any of these other Jalen Hurts. I mean, so he can't – so he's not a great runner, so he doesn't run – a lot of RPOs and and choose to run it. It, it. I mean, that's fine. I don't care. I would say, like, when it comes to quarterbacking, obviously accuracy is important. Decision-making is important. Um, toughness is important. I mean, all those, those are the attributes you need. I used to hate it when a quarterback would come in the huddle. He would call the play. And then the play was, he was, after he was, it was like there was a question mark at the end of the play. He did it, it was like red, right, 36, X cross. And he would look around the huddle for some sort of confirmation. That used to drive me crazy. And it was even worse during like a really crazy, hectic third down situation where you, man, you knew they were coming and they were doing a really good job of hiding it, and they were really trying to be intimidating, and the quarterback just is not sure of himself. And as a and as a guy that's usually on the end, closest to the action, you just know you're in trouble. You just yeah. know it. Nobody's going to get it. So I never had that with Brady. Maybe once, maybe. Uh, and I haven't really seen that happen with Mac as far as him calling the wrong protection. I haven't seen it once. Yeah, and, and I think that's that's the underrated stuff. And I feel like we haven't maybe seen enough from Bailey Zappi to know that. And, I mean, he hasn't had the ball in his hands long enough most of the time for it to matter. Um, with that, I, I've kind of been really interested with the way the Patriots have been handling this situation. The things that they let us see, like, yeah, they gave Mac a, a little bit more time to throw in front of us yesterday. And then a couple Fridays ago, they said they let us tweet right away that Mac Jones was out at practice when they usually make you wait until afterwards. It, th- things like that, where it's like they want you to get that information out there because they want other teams to be thinking about it. Like, oh yeah, Matt could play, even though he could barely walk a couple 
weeks ago after the injury. Since you've been on both sides of it now, like, have you seen that from a player perspective where, yeah, it's like, hey, the media's here. Like, do we, we want to kind of cast a cloud over what we're doing? And then being on the media side, how do you know what to trust and what not to trust in terms of what reports come out of Gillette? I trust my eyes easily. I saw a clip from yesterday, and Mac's not in on it. They're not telling Mac, hey, make sure you limp a little bit more uh, to make it seem worse than it actually is. He's just – he wants to get out there, so he's forcing the issue. He looked fine to me from what I saw. Now, that doesn't mean that he's 100% is going to play, but he looks ten times better than I when the last time I saw him. Oh, yeah. And as, as far as manipulating the uh, practice and, and everything like that, man, I have no clue. I, I mean, I have no clue. Sometimes you can read into it. Sometimes you can't. Um, I think chaos, creating the chaos and doubt for the opposing team is always a good thing. Uh, But Max not in on it. He just wants to, you know, he just wants to, he wants to play. So he's got to prove to the coaches that he can play. Yeah, and I mean, Bailey Zappi basically just said yesterday, I'm just going where they tell me to go. So, I mean, like, so these guys are just, they're just preparing for the game. They're not really thinking about that. I just think it's interesting because it, it feels to me like, you know, definitely from uh, the, the bigger perspective, they're, they're, trying to, they're trying to play around with it. But to a couple of other things not related to the quarterbacks, right? First of all, how awesome is Ramondre Stevenson right now? Oh, man, that's an easy one. I would say I think everyone expected this. Uh, last year, got a quick little taste of him, and he knew right away that he was a good runner. He just didn't know how to be a pro football uh, running back, right? He didn't know the, all the nuances and how important pass protection is, chipping off an edge rusher if you, if you have the time, different angles coming out of the backfield. He's obviously naturally talented. His, uh, his uh, jump cut is pretty impressive. His mm-hmm. spin move is really good. He's got really good balance. I mean, he can catch the ball. I mean, I would say that the one element that you're probably going to want to see more of is him actually catching more passes. Like, could he be a 50-catch guy? I think so. I think so. Like, Leonard Fournette was not known as a pass catcher in college, but he catches the ball like crazy now. They're all checks downs, and they're nothing crazy, but a wheel route here wouldn't hurt. You know, a check down, a flare route here. Um, the chip and release, last outlet, the ball's easy if he's the featured back. Yeah, and I think we've seen an angle route or two from him this year where it's like, yes, I want to see absolutely more of that for sure. Um, let's go to the other side of the ball real quick. So Matthew Judon has been as good, if not better, than he was to, to start uh, last year. But I think we kind of expected that. The question with him is going to be, can he maintain it for the rest of the year? But I don't know that we expected the pass coverage to be as good as it was. I think a lot of us thought that the cornerbacks especially were going to be trouble. But Jack Jones has been really showing up the last couple of weeks. Jonathan Jones has been playing well on the outside. Like, has this pass defense surprised you a bit? Yeah, because I thought the weakest part of their team was their corners and their linebackers. I thought they had a good uh, defensive uh, uh, front, uh, big guys in the middle. I thought their safeties were, were their strength, and even their hybrids like Phillips and Peppers. But their yeah. corners 
were pretty much an, an unknown. Uh, Jalen Mills, uh, as coming off of last year, um, coming off an injury from the year before that, uh, and then obviously losing JT Jackson and bringing in a and then moving Jalen Mills, who was really like a slot guy last year. Now he's a full-time corner, Jonathan Jones, all that stuff. Yeah, and then it doesn't hurt when you can grab two picks. So Jackson, so uh, what is it? Uh, Jones gets a pick uh, against the Green Bay Packers. Then he gets one uh, last week against the Lions. So that alone, that alone will get you noticed. I mean, now there's obviously other aspects of it, but I just like Jones's just whole mentality. He's not afraid to talk shit. He's not afraid yeah. to kind of put his ass on the line, and because that's just really the position. You really, you really obviously have to be aggressive and have a lot of self confidence, but also a short memory. And he seems to have all of them. Yeah, and I mean, Mike Pellegrino was talking about it, like, yeah, confidence is key. You know, it's like if you're not confident, you can't play corner in the NFL. And the thing is, like, people were kind of getting up in arms about the the disrespectful to throw an out route against me. Uh, kind of comment, but at the same time, I'm thinking, well, Aaron Rodgers disrespects cornerbacks all the time. He picks on him. He's basically just like, yeah, I'm just going to throw at you all game because I don't think you can beat me. And so it's like, hey, if you win one of those, why not? Talk your talk your stuff, young gun. I love it, personally. Yeah, so do I, and I would say the equivalent would be, uh, you know, if I can't catch a go route, then you shouldn't throw it to me. Right, if I can't if I can't beat man coverage on a corner route, or if I can't uh, if I can't get open on a shake route, then you shouldn't be throwing me the football. That would be the equivalent for an offensive player. I mean, that to me, it's it's there's nothing wrong with it. it, it I mean, to, but people are so amazed that these guys are willing to to kind of put their money where their mouth is, because most people, most football players are told to shut up, be humble. But quarterbacks and wide receivers and some other players, you know, but normally those guys are historically stereotypical uh, of that position, the brashness, the boldness, the in-your-face mentality. It's like I don't have long to live. Like, I, you know, I, 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 I'm, living on, I'm living on borrowed time, that whole mentality, which is, um, which is kind of part of it. And I, I, I'm not going to mock them for it. I love it. Like, dude, just be you. If you're, if you're quiet, like Gilmore was quiet. He never said anything, but this guy's loud and obnoxious. Fine, fine with me. Just do your job. Exactly. As long as they're winning, it doesn't matter. So with with that, you know, so so you're kind of splitting time, right? So it's like, yeah, sometimes you'd be out catching passes, but you're also on the line of scrimmage. You got to know all these different responsibilities. Sometimes you're kind of part of the offensive line. Other times you're part of the pass catching core. As a tight end, I mean, how how do you kind of ride that line? And while we're kind of on that subject, what's going on with these current Patriots tight ends? Why aren't they showing up more? Well, I don't know why. Well, Jonu Smith obviously was hurt, got hurt in the Green Bay game, missed last week. Looks like he'll probably play. Not sure um, this week against the Browns. I don't know. I think that they're not very good in the red zone right now. Um, and I don't even know if they've actually thrown Hunter Henry a pass inside the 20. I don't think he has. Um, I know he's ran routes, but I don't think they've actually even physically thrown the ball. So, I don't know. Uh, it, would, it would help for them to, uh, to at least maybe call some plays, design some plays, uh, you know, uh, you know create him open, something to that effect. Uh, he's just too valuable, and I can't imagine uh, him not being able to 
be productive if you don't like force the issue. Yeah, yeah for, for sure, sure, for sure. Real, Real quick, quick, just, just to, to finish, finish it up, up um, Mike, Mike Reese was poking around asking questions about uh, you know, you know, former coaches, coaches that played with Bill Belichick. Like, basically, what makes Bill Belichick so great? Like, what has made him the winning, you know, one of the winningest coaches of all time? As he kind of approaches that all-time wins record. From the time that you spent there, in your words, what would you say made him who he is as a football coach? Well, one, he's really smart. Uh, he knows the game, and he's able to teach it. I think that is key, and explain it. I think that's key, and not just to one position or one personality, but to every position and every personality, because everybody learns differently. I think he's so good at teaching. Um, so to me, that's obviously important. I also think he's really good at motivating his players, knowing what to say, knowing what buttons to press. Um, and everything he says has a reason. I used to hate when coaches would either either after practice or on a Wednesday before the, before the week starts just ramble on about nothing. It was such a waste of time. It was so aggravating. They never said anything, not all of my coaches, but some of them, they would never say anything that made any damn sense. So with Bill, I always liked the fact that his, you know, team meeting or post-practice talk always had a purpose. Yeah. It, it did. Like, it always had a purpose. Like, and, then, and then he backed it up with, like, examples. Like, he wasn't just talking out of his ass, you know, because that, to me, is something, like, as an older player, you're like, you just you – get, you get exposed to these coaches in a second. They don't make any sense. Their heart's not in it. You don't believe them. Uh, they, they, they're, they're, they don't give you any examples. They're just, they're just talking out of their ass. So with Bill, I always thought it was it was really encouraging knowing that he knew what the hell he was talking about. And he had the ability to explain it. Like not just throw it out not throw some random cliche out there. He would say something that was clever, you know, appropriate and usually timely. It it, it all makes sense. It always makes sense. So I think all those are attributes of a good coach. You know, I think you can I don't need to like you. I mean, I love I love Bill as a coach, but in the end, like, I don't need to like you as a coach, but I damn sure want to, want to make sure you know what the hell you're doing. Um, yeah. And he had everything, and he still does. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, that's interesting because I heard some players, uh, you know, talking about the same thing. I think Kendrick Bourne, you know, a couple of people said, like, we like Bill because he's direct, and, and he, does, he doesn't beat around the bush. He gets right to it. And I, he's definitely still not lost that piece of his game. Christian, Christian. thank yeah, you so much. To yeah. to, like, and just to add to it, like, you, and you just can't be a dick because you're pissed off, right? <laughs> you can't just be a dick. Like, I'm having a bad day. I'm going to be a dick. To me, yeah. like, that bugs me too. It's like, it just, I don't, it's like, like, I just like people who are real. I like people who who uh, who care about the outcome, care about the players, care about your well-being. And a lot, most coaches, a lot of them, eh, they just they just always worry about their own ass. He's built such an unbelievable resume. He can do whatever the fuck he wants, and literally, so, so, so it works for him. <laughs> so that's it. I'm done. That's it. That's all I have to say.
No, I love it. I love it. That's the perfect way to end this, man. Thank you so much for joining me on your drive. Have a safe ride the rest of the time, and I will catch you another one of these days uh, when I'm in the studio. All right, man. Thanks. That was Christian Fourier of WEEI's Merloni Fourier and Mego Show. And again, former Patriots tight end, was part of two Super Bowl winning teams here in Foxborough. Thanks so much to him for joining us, and thank you so much for joining me for this latest episode of First in Foxborough. I will catch you next week. <laughs>